Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And this is Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. <laughs> the Bistro. We're just we're back. The Bistro. The beat yeah. of the Bistro. Ryan and Brian of the Bible Bistro. Yeah. And this is a podcast. We're talking about the Bible, theology. theology. All things pertaining to the Christian faith. Y- yes. Or life. Whatever. We say whatever differently. We do? Okay. I don't know. Whatever it is. What day is it? Anyway, so we're back today. Yeah, Thank back you to for, Ephesians. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us here in the Bistro today. Um, we're back into Ephesians today. So yeah. last week we were we did a little bit of revelation yeah. discussion about the, the Whore of Babylon. <laughs> yep. I just, I'll be honest, I love to say that. The Whore of Babylon. I mean, it just preaches, right? Or Babylon just, or Babylon. Babylon. I don't know. Babylon. That's your Southern Indiana coming oh, out. Whatever. Babylon. Babylon. Yeah. You can take. You can take Southern Indiana. You can take the boy out of Southern Indiana. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we'll stop there. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for joining us. But we're coming back. We're finishing up. We're this isn't the last episode, but this no, is the next the penultimate. Pen, pen it's the ultimate <laughs> episode. No, penultimate. Uh, oh, penultimate. Penultimate would be something completely different. Okay, f- five ultimate. ultimate pen, penultimate. Yeah. The, the episode before the last. <laughs> the next to the last. Next last. As we say in Southern Indiana. <laughs> of our Ephesian series. We've had, we've done quite a yeah. few episodes up to yeah. this point, and it's been great. We've been, you know, this is a little different than we've done in the past. We've yeah. been going, you know, kind of verse by verse through some sure. of the Ephesians well, here. Let us and, know what you think. If you yeah. if you like the Bible studies, I think we'll probably mix it up some. We'll do maybe another one of those sometime. <laughs> In the future, whenever lightning strikes, yeah, us. we'll uh, do some. We we you know we like to do some interviews, and we have some good ones coming up. Yeah, so. absolutely. But then, we're 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 back to uh, we we talked about redeeming the time last yeah, time in, in Ephesians. Yeah. We're talking uh, about what we're called to do with our time, and now sure. we're going into the section affectionately called instructions for Christian households. Yeah, at least could, in we, your- the technical term, we call these household lists. Paul has a few of them. And yeah. uh, it's the idea of here's how various members of the household should conduct themselves in order to ha- have the household run smoothly. And, yeah. and we find some other examples of this in ancient Greek literature, but Paul has them in several of his letters that he has these these household lists. Yeah, yeah. Colossians is another example, obviously. Yeah. Well, before we jump into that, I just yeah. want to remind everyone that's listening that we do, that we're on YouTube. Yes. You can watch us. You can watch our beautiful oh, faces on YouTube, uh, and we have Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. If you'd like to follow us there at uh, Facebook and Instagram, I think it's just the Bible Bistro, and then YouTube, it's Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Yes. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we would invite you to Bistro with us through Patreon. You can uh, sign up and uh, help support us and yeah. keep this going. And but you can also get some swag. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my Bible Bistro cup. Yeah, I would I hold bet. it up if we had one. Uh, is that my fault? I thought you were the one in charge of that. I feel like a year and a half ago it wasn't my oh, fault. Oh, fair point. The uh, <laughs> but but we do have some some listeners who now have yes, the Bible Bistro the mug. Rare, elusive send, Bible Bistro. Send them to Instagram a picture of you with the yeah, mug. Tag we'll, tag. Yeah, tag the Bible, whatever. I don't know what you. Yeah, do with hashtag Instagram. the Bible Bistro. Yeah, and we'll give you a shout out on yeah. our Instagram on the gram. Uh, I thought I think the kids are calling it Insta. Oh, is it Insta? I'm saying. I'm waiting for your TikTok where you're going to dance to some song. <laughs> the Bio Bistro dance to our song to our yeah. We do need da, to. Da, da, da. That's what that's what we should have listeners submit is a dance to our TikTok to a, a TikTok dance to our song. <laughs> the submissions will be. I, we don't have time for that. Yeah, I know. Fair point. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so we're <laughs> anyway. You can join us. Uh, we'd appreciate that uh, yeah. on Patreon. You can support. You can find a link for that in our show yeah. notes. Go ahead and like us and, yeah. and comment on us. And yeah, we and, we love uh, it. We I mean, I would say we honestly do love hearing yeah, from people. We do, and we uh, take it. We take it to heart. We yeah. uh, we usually uh, usually <laughs> respond to the suggestions. <laughs> I think I respond all the time. Well, I mean, there's one. Not, there's one we did. Oh, the, the, that yeah. was early that was an early suggestion but other than other than that one as lay trinitarians (laughs) we didn't respond um but yes so let's jump into ephesians here talking about the uh household list yeah well you said you said coming into this this one can kind of get spicy is i think i think is the word you used i i did say it could get spicy for some it might be spicy because of I've had some people. I've had some people talk about this in in wedding ceremonies and so forth. They don't they don't like the, this language. I would say it's because we have a misunderstanding 
of the concept. So here's the word, it's submission. The, the Greek word is hupotasso, to, to place oneself under the, um, how do I say this, the the care of another or you know the direction of another. People dislike this idea of submission, but the point I make is submission is something that we all do in 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 con- different contexts. Submission uh, really is is necessary in order for um, things to take place in a smooth manner. So uh, a couple of examples I always give with what what a submission means. Well, read actually for, first read verse twenty one for us. So this is yeah. this is uh, Ephesians chapter five verse twenty one. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that's how this section begins. I'll come back. Well, uh, let's go ahead and talk about it now. I was going to talk about it later, yes. but I just showed you before this, the 1984, and we this is something we've talked about before, being careful of where the headings are placed in your in your scriptures, mm-hmm. because remember, that's an editorial decision. Those were those headings were mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Paul did not write the headings, right? Those were. Yeah. Those and were these would have been just like, this is a letter, so he's not yeah. going to write like chapter break or, yeah. you know. Exactly. So, so. The 1984 NIV placed verse 21 with what goes ahead of it yes. instead of placing it within this section. And and I showed you this before, right? It it was at the end of the, the last section. And, and I will tell you in a little bit grammatically why that is absolutely impossible. And I can remember teaching through that because we used the in, in, in the college, you know, we're at Lincoln, we, we would use the 84 NIV and I taught through it. In the, in the Pauline epistles many, 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 many times. And every time it was just amazing to me that verse 21 was what with what went ahead rather than with this section. Edi- again, it was an editorial decision. You know, whoever was editing that that version uh, made that decision and, and, and inserted that section break at that point. So again, when you're reading your scripture, be careful of those. And remember those are... And, and that does, you know, and our... It makes a difference it about makes how a huge you difference. how you read <laughs> what follows it. So the heading of this then is that that we should have mutual submission, submit, submit to one another. And it's talking within the whole within the whole church, within the whole household, within the whole household of Christ. We could say submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're doing this out of our respect for Him. And technically, I'm going to go ahead and say this now because it's going to become important a little bit later. Technically, this is the word phobos, which means you know the Greek word phobos? You know what a phobia is. Yes, a fear of. A fear. So so this is the idea of, and that was, again, for our listeners who like it when I ask you questions you don't know the answer to. <laughs> we have a whole subsection of, of listeners that, that that's really what they- You can take they, a sip of your coffee now. <laughs> So, so what it literally says is submit to one another out of fear, fear of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, so that idea of reverence for, respect for is is the idea of fear. Now, it, it, you know, it doesn't mean fear in the sense of cowering. I think, but it's mm-hmm. it's that it is an idea of respect or or recognizing that you know he is the ultimate authority in this. So we submit to one another. Now, submission. Here's what I can give you a couple of examples. You know, if someone says I just don't like the idea of submission, I would say for things to take place in a in a smooth manner submission is necessary. And there's always two examples I give. One is I give an example of the classroom. When, when you're in the classroom or you can think about a worship service in this context, if you want to, in order for things to take place in a smooth way, you can't have everyone. In fact, Paul talks about this in first Corinthians chapter 11. You can't have everyone standing up. Was it 14? You can't have everyone. Okay. You can't have everyone standing up and talking at the same time, right? You have one person who's speaking and then everyone else, he says in 14 is silent, right? Is is sagato, sagato is the word he uses there. So, so you, you, you don't want, he says, because God is God of order, not of, of disorder, chaos, right? Chaos. chaos. Yeah. So, so there's that idea of submission. So when you're a student in a classroom, you, you're sitting there is, is an act of submission. Now you say, well, that seems like a really strange thing. Here's the thing is it's not, submission is not about inequality. It's not about the teacher is in some ways a, a better person than you are, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with that. They're taking, I would say it's not about, it's not about inequality. It's about roles. Mm-hmm. That person is taking a role that that in that context of the classroom, they need to be the one who's in charge, you know, or however you want to put it. You know, even that might bother some people, but <laughs> but the one who's taking the role of teacher and learner. In order for that to take place in an effective way, there has to be submission. Right. The other example I always use is, is traffic laws. 
uh, imagine, you know, when you stop at a red light, you're submitting to the laws, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're submitting to a policeman, for example. Um, and and it, it's kind of a fear, right? It's a fear of or, or respect for the law is the reason mm-hmm. that we would we would do that. Um, it, can you imagine if, if everybody just decided to go whenever they wanted to? You know, I've if, been in countries where people <laughs> do do that. You know, I will say, having lived in, and driven in, uh, in in a developing world country in, in the Dominican Republic, um, uh, there are rules even there. It's just they're somewhat different. And, yeah. you, you know, you have to become aware of the rules of the road there, yeah. too. But, yeah, it is definitely I, but, different. As I travel down the roads of Cambodia. <laughs> in the Dominican Republic, one of the rules that is unusual for Americans is you have to fill in every space. I'm serious yes. that it's a it's an unwritten rule, but but that's why you'll see these things where people will cut in. You know, we're used to staying in our lane. In fact, that's a saying, right? Yes. But in the Dominican Republic, one of the rules is you fill in every available space, mm-hmm. and, and that just helps smooth you know in their in their estimation. So my point is, yeah, it's a little bit more chaotic, especially for someone who's not raised in that culture. But but even there, there are rules. Right. My point is that that submission. It is an idea of of recognizing a role. It, it, it's in order to enable smooth interaction, order. right? It, 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 yes, that there's something being accomplished by that order, right? And, and it's 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 again, it's 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 a role. So another example, just to kind of show that I've always talked about, is there have been times where I've been teaching, and let's imagine I was teaching someone who was a police officer, and that person gets gets off, you know, out of classroom, goes down, and and stops me as I'm speeding down the road, I don't say to that person, um, oh, well, I'm your teacher. You know, you're not going to write me this ticket. Our right. roles our roles have changed in that context, right? It, right. It's context-specific. And, and so submission, my point is submission is actually a gift. And that seems like a strange thing to think about. It, it, it does. It, it does, but but we all do it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just that sometimes when we, when we have these particular situations pointed out we don't we don't like to think about it we submit to our governing authorities we're called to do that in scripture right mm-hmm. um we we submit ourselves to to the laws in terms of taxes and those kind of things again we might complain about them <laughs> right ne- never me never me <laughs> but but there's still a submission and and the reason for that is it it it, it enables um you know the governing of our of our society you know so mm-hmm. so here Paul begins this section by talking about mutual submission, and then he goes into a household list. Now, this household list has six different people, six different members of this household that he's talking about, or or categories of people, we could say. Uh, Husbands and wives, um, parents and children, and slaves and masters. Uh, I said at the very beginning of this this, um, series on Ephesians that I think he's primarily concerned with master-slave relationships. Mm -hmm. And you can see that especially in Colossians. Colossians. When you see the parallel in Colossians, slaves is a big part of this. And it's because this, I I think Ephesians, along with the book of Colossians and the book of Philemon, are accompanying accompanying (laughs) Onesimus. Onesimus as he's returning to Philemon in Colossae. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, those all three are important. Now, here's an interesting thing that people point out is is in the, the common way that you would do this in the in the culture in the time is you would do husbands and then wives. You talk about husbands and wives. And here in all three of these, Paul sub, sub, subverts the order. In other words, he talks about wives and husbands, children and then parents, slaves and then masters. And that's exactly the opposite way that you typically would talk about um, a a group of this people. Usually it'd be husbands and wives, parents and child, and then masters and slaves. And so even in that, that's kind of a subtle way that Paul may be pointing toward, um, you know, kind of a different idea. This is not. I would say submission is not, you know, subordination. It's not an enforced authority. Is not what we're talking about. It's it's a it's a sub, it's submitting. You it's know submission. I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's accepting. Yes. Position. A- accepting your role and, and recognizing a, a, a time and a, and a context in which the appropriate thing to do and the loving thing to do is to put oneself in, in a position of, of um, submission, of, of uh, recognizing another's loving care is the way I would put it. And then there's a lot here that's given to husbands. We'll get there in just a minute. But what people really respond strongly to is this idea of, of wives. 
Mm-hmm. So verse 22, uh, what it says here, and I'm going to read it to you as the Greek would have it. It says, wives to your husbands or to your men, Andres is the right word. Within context, you have to, you know, so it's literally women to your to your men. Uh, wives to your husbands, ask to the Lord. Okay. And the word, here's the, here's the interesting thing about what I talked about earlier. The word submission, the verb submission is not in this verse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now in Greek, that that's relatively common. In Greek, when that happens, you have to look at the the sentence before Four. it in order to to borrow the verb. So when I was talking earlier about the eighty four NIV separating, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense because there would be no primary verb in this sentence in verse twenty two if you don't borrow from twenty one. Clearly, verse twenty what we have is verse twenty one belongs with this section. So, like twenty two might have read like wives to your husbands as to the Lord. That's exactly that's exactly the way it is in Greek. If we read this literally. Word, word for word, I know. Again, we talked talked about the meaning a little. Yeah. If if we translated this word for word, it would be exactly what you said: wives to their husbands, as to the Lord, or or women to their men, as to the Lord. And so you borrow the word submission from that idea of everyone's called to submit to one another. And and I'm going to tell you there there is a time and a place that we are all called to submit to one another within the church as I mentioned in a, in a teaching context and here Paul's talking about the household. So here he says wives submit to your husbands and again borrowing that from verse 21 ask the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife. And there's the other thing we're going to need to talk about headship and what that means here in just a minute. And here's the comparison, and Paul's going to make this comparison both with husbands and wives. For the husband is the head of the wife, kephale is the Greek word here, head head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. Okay? And then he goes on and says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in... The word everything here bothers me a little bit. It's it's the word every and and, and we have to supply the the noun. We could say every way or, you know, you know, in all, you know, situations, something like something along those lines. Everything kind of kind of bugs me a little bit, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about headship here. So it's the hus- husband is the head of the wife. Now, when we use the word head, a lot of times we're talking about authority. We use it in an authoritative context, but you got to remember, we've already had this used twice in the book of Ephesians, this, this metaphor of a head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one's in Ephesians chapter one, verses, what is it, 20 and following. See if you can look that up for me there. Okay. Ephesians chapter one, 20 through 23, I think it is, something like that. What does that say there? 20, Ephesians chapter one, verse 20. Uh, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all the role, the rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which okay. is the body. Now, we talked about that before. It's interesting. It's, there he's not head of the church. It's head of everything oh. on behalf not of the church. For the church. Okay. So so there it's the idea that that he is concerned for the good and the welfare of, of the church that he is he is the head in that sense the other time is in uh i think it's chapter f- four um oh no i'm sorry ch- chapter f- yeah chapter where is it i can't oh chapter four verse 15 look at look at that see if you can read yeah. that for me 15 and 16 okay um it says sorry i'm pulling it up here Again, this is another one of those things Brian doesn't tell me anything, and now I'm just <laughs> pulling stuff up on my computer. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every ass respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So here's the idea of growth into the head, right, is, mm-hmm. is the idea that the, that the body becomes, um, you know, um, appropriate to the head, something to that effect. Uh, so there's there's two different ways that we, we can use this word. When we talk about head, a lot of times we're talking about it in the sense of an authority, the head of the company or, or something along those lines. The word in Greek can, can also mean source. And so here in, in verse of uh, chapter four, for example, it could be the source of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, back in chapter one, where it talks about um, 
you know, he he is the head of everything, source of everything on behalf of the church. That 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 all things in that sense are are given for the church. Both of them, I would say, and and we're going to see this in the household list as well. Both of those are in the context of care or concern. Okay, mm-hmm. so. I, I don't think this is, you know, a lot of times we want to make this authority, and, and Paul could use the word authority. He could use the word obey. Wives, obey your husbands. He, in fact, he does it down in chapter or verse, you know, the, the chapter six, verse one, where he talks about children. Children, mm-hmm. obey your parents, right? Mm-hmm. He, Paul and knows that. Saying, he's not doesn't say submit, he says obey. In chapter six, in chapter right, six, but yes. not you know here he uses the idea of submission. So what what is what what is being gotten at this idea of headship? How, you know how do we understand this? How does this work out? And, and so he's going to get to this idea of concern. It's the same as Christ in the church. And if you think about Christ' uh, relationship to the church, Christ is not exerting a kind of authority over the church in a I don't want to say this in a whip cracking kind of way yeah he's not yeah it's he is king but not in a crushing how did he become head of the church we would say by sacrifice sacrifice sacrificial love Mm -hmm. is what i would say and and that's where he's going to get to with husbands here in a minute so we submit ourselves to christ because of our understanding of his concern and his care for us right right we we say we are going to you know um follow his direction we're going to follow his lead in this sense uh, because we know of his his concern and care for us again there's a call for mutual submission right and in a special way paul says here to to wives uh, you know be willing to to um submit to your husbands in the same way as the lord in the same way that christ is the head of the church then um, the husband is the head of the wife. So here's here's the thing. In all of these Christ relationships, the church is used as the example. And, mm-hmm. and again, I think, you know, as long as we have a healthy understanding of what it means, you know, Christ's relationship to the church, then it helps us understand what it would be to have a healthy marriage relationship. So, so I don't think we're talking about, you know, nowhere, I always say this, nowhere is the husband said to, um, that they are to enforce their authority, right? Mm-hmm. That it's it's the wife is called on in this situation, in this role, to submit to their husband in the same way that they would submit to Christ. You know, the church would submit to Christ because of Christ's concern and care for them. Yeah, and I mean, is is it about purpose? You know, like Christ yes, for purpose for yeah. purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because I think that's what we see back in Ephesians one, where it's everything for the church. Yep. And then we see here in Ephesians uh, chapter four, it's Christ who is the head, and it's because um, as with him as the head, everything is held together right. and grows and builds itself. It's up. for the good. It's for the good of the entire church. Mm-hmm. And I think here the idea of submission is it's for the good of 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 the mm-hmm. the household. It, it's for the for the right of the understanding that the, the the purpose of the house what can be accomplished yes. in that for yep. the purpose of the household. I think that's right. Now. Um, there's one place. I think I had you pull. I think you, you criticized me for never giving you any instruction about ahead true. of time. But I, I did give you First Corinthians seven ahead of time. So go ahead and yeah, pull it. Except I, uh, <laughs> when you had me look up other stuff. Okay, I'm First Corinthians seven. Yes, and I think it's f- like what's the passage I gave to you? Fourteen, something like that. What does fourteen say? That's uh, for about the unbelieving husband. Well, okay, that's not right. That's not the right passage. Then. Oh, great. This one does use the word authorities. Oh, uh, here, I'm sorry. First four. Seven, four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. So there's that word authority again, mm-hmm. but notice that that's again calling for a mutual, mutual. yielding mm-hmm. that, that, that we don't we don't consider what we have our own, but we we share it. And here, even your your own body, and, and so again, we're not, I don't think we're talking in an unhealthy kind of context, an unhealthy kind of way, but but we are willing because of our mutual love. You know, both mm-hmm. of us are called to love one another uh, in a marriage context. We are we are willing to submit in in certain situations to one another, and we are willing to yield authority to one another. It's not something to you know. Again, think of Christ as the example. His authority he didn't consider something to be held on to, but but ready will, instead on behalf of the church was willing to empty himself and and sacrificially give himself. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what I think the, the husband is called to do within this relationship, uh, to love his wife as lo- Christ loves the church. Before we move on to that, though, any any further questions? Or no, comments I think that, I, I, you know, this is where it obviously gets spicy, as yeah. I said, has in the yeah. past. But you know, I, I remember I uh, was asked to do um, a wedding when I was very young sure. in ministry. This guy I met at a music store. and uh, <laughs> As the, one does. As, as one does. Sure. I mean, obviously, as a worship minister. Small town. And uh, the woman he was marrying was like, don't say anything about submission. Right. I mean, that was like a hot topic. Right. And I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of in there. It's hard for me to just pluck that out. But, you know, it was it was this idea, again, like it is not a one sided equation here. It's not wives submit and do exactly what your husband says. Husbands, just do your thing. And I think we again, I think we have an inappropriate understanding what submission is. Mm -hmm. Again, sometimes I'll use the word subordination. It's not about you know, putting someone in their place. It's not about somehow saying someone is of less value than another. Mm-hmm. It has none of that context. Sub- this is, if I could, if there's one thing I could get across is that we all submit all the time. Right. We, we are constantly in a state of submission in order for smooth transactions to take place. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> we're all like we're all accommodating all the time my wife lauren and yeah. i have had the conversation well it's just like yeah when i go in for a meeting with some a ceo sure. of a company yeah i don't dress like i'm sitting at my home and it's just like i'm accommodating you think about for the, your for context the, i think about mm-hmm. my context and what i'm yeah. going into and the jokes that you and i make <laughs> when the cameras right. aren't rolling right. uh, to each other or making fun of each other i don't say you know like if i'm leading worship somewhere. right you, you know but like or, it, or you know the you know, a doctor's office. If you're, you're yeah. waiting at doctor's office, you don't go up and demand. Oh, my time has come. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe you do, but uh, I don't. Just for reference, for everyone. But there, there are all kinds of places. You know, yielding, yielding in a you know traffic circle. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yielding to when the when the yield signs there. All these are are necessary times where we recognize in that situation. Mm-hmm. So tr- again, traffic. We yield to, tr- to to oncoming traffic, and we expect that. That if if the, that the roles were reversed, they would yield to us, mm-hmm. right? So I think submission is just misunderstood. I think just mm-hmm. generally, it's misunderstood. Yeah, and it's we live in a culture that's setting up that these that that these roles are oppressed. Let's say this too. Yeah, oppressive. go ahead if you want to say. I was going to say oppressive, that. like you know, and yes, they can be abused. Well, like, that's what I was going to say. And and here's here's the thing we have. I think it would be good for us to acknowledge is we live in a broken world, and yes. one of the ways that, that brokenness shows itself is in abuse. Absolutely. And, and I think I think there are people who maybe have been in in bad relationships or or. or unhealthy situations where this has been taken to be, well, you need to listen to what I say. You need to obey. You need to subordinate yourself to me. Your needs have to be uh, put Secondary. behind mine. Yeah. And that's not at all what is, is in this context. So yeah, I can acknowledge that there are unhealthy relationships in which um, we should be very careful about that. And we need to acknowledge that. And maybe I should have acknowledged that all up front. Yeah. I, I think we should acknowledge it and also say you know it's one of those things you throw the baby out with the bathwater. like yes there are bad yeah. uses of that like yeah. horrible uses of this but that doesn't mean you know if, if we believe scripture is inspired by god like god right. says like this is what healthy relationship looks like and, in a home yeah and uh you know as i said before i really believe submission is a gift uh, even even submission and and you know we've seen abuses of this and and there's some people who talk within the church I'm saying within church leadership mm-hmm. th- those those have sometimes you know we've talked about podcasts that have talked about oh, this yes. and, uh-huh. and we've seen some recent examples of some friends of of mine where where they were in a in a context church context where um, uh, unqualified um, um, I would say it's obedience to the leadership of the church was required, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it ends up it was an unhealthy situation. Well, surprise, surprise, right? Right. You know, but submission to leaders is a gift as well, where we are called to recognize because um, the elders of the congregation are have the responsibility of caring for the congregation in the same way that Christ cares for the church as well. So let, let, let's move on to that then, and, and we'll show you kind of the husband's role here. Yeah, uh, Go ahead and read 25 uh, through uh, 27 for me. Okay. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, 
cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Okay, so talk about a high standard. Husbands, love your wives in the same way that Christ loved the church. So there's three things I always say here. There's self-sacrifice. We've talked about that a lot already. Mm -hmm. Christ gave himself up for the church, right? He was willing to sacrifice himself even to the point of death on behalf of the church. Mm -hmm. So the love of a husband for a wife is a self-sacrificial, self-giving kind Mm -hmm. of love. Um, It's a love that is protecting as well, uh, I would say, um, wanting uh, the best for and 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 the um, you know good for uh, the wife. The reason that Christ gave Himself up for the church was for the church's good, right? For right. for our benefit, if you will. And, and so it's the same kind of thing when our in our relationship. So again, when you put it within this context, where where the husband is called to love the wife in a way that is that is looking seeking her best would be a way to, to say it. Um, and then the third thing I would say, when we're thinking about the idea of Christ, you know, he's the head of everything for the church. The third word I always use is, is providing. So, so you know, self-sacrificing, protecting, and providing. Again, all of these for the best uh, of the wife is, is what's being called for here. Um, you know, Christ wanted the holiness of the church, and in the same way, we want the holiness, again, thinking about holiness that we talked about yeah. uh, earlier in, in Ephesians, we want the best for our for our wives, if we're Christian husbands. Um, we want uh, her needs to be met. We want her... Um, um, you know her to be able to flourish in the in the best possible way that she can, and it and part of our responsibility in 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 marriage relationship is making sure that happens. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a way of functioning. You know, both of these functioning together. Um, if it's out of if it's out of kilter, um, you know, there's there's um, uh, you know that that's that's when we get these unhealthy situations and yeah, and, and it's astonishing. You know, you think sometimes how this verse is how these verses have been misused, yeah. but yeah. like. The husband's like, you know, like you talk about human, like the wife's flourishing. Yes. Well, she's not going to flourish if you're right. <laughs> if you're pressing, if right. you're pressing, you know, right. it's just like, how could, you know, it's like, I'm going to read it up to this point and then cut it off. Exactly. And and that's why I think we have to, you know, that's so we've talked about this all the time. It's so important to read it all in context, I think, is, mm-hmm. is the important part of it. So verse 28 says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Um and so I think the importance here is the idea of, um, you know, that, that you know, no, it goes on, uh, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body. That's what I was talking about, the provision. Mm-hmm. You know, we make sure that our bodies have everything that it needs for life. You know, that's self, kind of self-preservation kind of thing. Same thing. We make sure that, that you know, husbands make sure that their wives have what they need uh, in order to, to be in their best situation. Just as Christ does a church, we are all members of his body. And then he quotes this passage from Genesis. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And he he says this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church, this idea that we become one with Christ, just as he talked about the members, uh, you know, grow up into the head that is the body. Mm -hmm. And then he says in verse 3, however, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must. And here's where I I set this up earlier. Respect her husband's the way the NIV has. This is the word phobeo. This is the the word for fear fear again, Mm -hmm. right? And, And again, it's not fear in the sense of cowering. It's not a fear in the sense of being afraid of the, you know mm-hmm. that the, the the husband's going to do something to me but in the sense of having a reverence for respect for um, you know mutual respect i would say in that in that sense but but um he, he uses christ in the church as an example and the closeness this idea of one flesh the closeness of the relationship that we're called to in marriage is a mirror of the closeness that we have with christ in the church and, mm-hmm. and so i think paul uses this human example to give us the spiritual reality use the spiritual reality to help uh, illuminate the the truth of what it means to be in in this kind of relationship uh, and what i mean by that is um you know again we think about christ in the way <laughs> I mean, if you really want to make yourself feel inferior sometime, you know, think about the way that Christ cares for the church and then ask yourself, well, am I, am I, if you're a husband, am I caring for my wife in the same kind of way? Self-sacrificial, um, you know, providing 
uh, for the needs in the same way that I provide for my own body and, and protecting, you know, making sure that, that again, her ultimate in you know, holiness, blamelessness is, is the ultimate goal mm-hmm. in, in all of this. Yeah. And it, we you know we just had an episode on Revelation, but yeah. you know at the end of Revelation, after the harlot yeah. and all that stuff, is the wedding feast the of the wedding Lamb. Feast of we Lamb. see this marriage yeah. uh, relationship thing a- yeah. again. Like it's again, we we see that the husband wife relationship is is that theme is carried through. Yeah, in the in the Old Testament, God is the husband of His people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the example then for what what a husband you know if we, if we want we want to be a um, an example of what a proper relationship of husband and wife should be and that's what i think paul's calling here uh, to in ephesians so yeah that's good let's go ahead and look at children and parents then or uh, um, go ahead and, and read verses one through f- uh four if you okay. would children obey your parents and <laughs> the lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So relatively short here compared to what we saw with husbands and wives and what we'll see with slaves particularly. But uh, yeah, obedience is what children are, are called to. Um, it's a big deal. He uses Old Testament, the the Ten Commandments, obviously, is what he's referring to. He says the first command with a promise. And if you look back and, and look at Exodus, it says that the, you know we have this this idea that it will go well with you. Your life will be long. Um, you know, Sometimes I know you, you as a father may say, yeah, my Kids better obey, or their life will be short. But no, no uh, I, should, I shouldn't say oh, that. Well, I mean, it, it's only figurative, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but the the thing is that that this yeah calling for obedience here, um, you know, it, it's a big deal in the Old Testament. Rebellion against against parents was considered a, a a huge deal. But at the same time, the same thing we talked about with husbands and wives, um, it's with the expectation that parents, and here it says fathers, um, so I'm trying to think how to say this. So this was something in Spanish that really, when I, when I lived in a Spanish speaking context, really made me think differently about these things. Because the word for mother in Spanish is madre, Word for father and pod in Spanish is padres or padre. The the word for parents is padres. Okay? It's the same as so so yeah. You don't say madres y padres. You say padres. You know it's mm-hmm. just parents. And so here's the idea of fathers. But really, I think this probably would be better. Parents, you know, do not exasperate your children. Uh, exasperate is the idea of cause frustration. Basically. Uh, and frustration is the idea of not being able to to meet your purpose or 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 uh, to to not be able to meet your your plans, and so exasperating I think would have to do with uh, you know not, again same thing with a wife in a sense not providing what's necessary in order for proper growth proper maturation, mm-hmm. um, but but instead helping flourish you know helping helping the person to flourish so not exasperation and, and particularly here bring them up in the training instruction of the Lord and this goes back to the law as well the very beginning of the law has to do with this idea of um, you know teach your children these things teach them when when you get up in the morning teach them when you go to bed at night teach them when you go out teach them when you come in you know so so mm-hmm. these are the instructions that you are to give your children this is in Deuteronomy beginning of Deuteronomy it's very strongly in the Old Testament, very strongly emphasized that it is crucial that you you teach your children these things. And we see examples in the Old Testament uh, where generations fail to do that, where where generations fail to bring up their their children in the instruction of the Lord. And so I think Paul, you know, thinking about those examples in the Old Testament here, is saying that we as as parents uh, are called to bring up our our children in the training and instruction of the Lord, making sure they know the things that uh, have been asked of them and required of them. Yeah. So is it like honor your father and mother so it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth? I mean, because, I mean, kids could get stoned. Like, <laughs> right. Well, yeah rebellion, so, yeah. rebellion. Rebellion was considered a very serious issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But but I think in a general sense, it's, it's the idea of blessing as well, that, yeah. th- that there will be well, blessing for you. I always think about my mom saying, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> That's what I was trying to refer to in a funny way earlier, and it just came out really <laughs> scary and creepy. So I apologize. I probably put a, <laughs> but yeah, probably I mean, a trigger warning like... for that. But. <laughs> 
anyway, I brought you in the world. I can take you out. Um, yes. So, yeah. Anyway, but but I do think it's it's saying that there's a general blessing for those who are who are obeying their parents. Disobedience of parents again, and you see this in the book. We mentioned Revelation. You see this in the book of Revelation, where it's talking about all of those uh, who will who will not participate will be thrown in the lake of fire. And the one that always freaks people out a little bit because you got all these you know witchcraft and sorcery, and then it says disobedient to parents, and everybody's kind of like, you know, how's, how's that the same? You crane the neck around. But you remember when we talked about sin, and I talked about the idea of of um, you know how this relates to the nature of God and rebellion. I think is such a big issue because it it is the it is the image of the rebellion against god right to to disobey the one who gave you life and like you said my mother said oh i brought you into this world but in a literal way your parents are the ones who are givers of life in a, in a way that mirrors god's way that he gives us life to rebel against the source of all life is to is to is to die, is to result in death, and so I think that's that's why rebellion against parents is such a big deal in the Old Testament and in and, and in this instruction as well. So yeah, I think obedience in that. Okay, so. cool. Well, let's go on and finish with slaves and masters. Then um, verse five says, "Slaves obey your earthly masters with respect." And fear. So there's that word uh, Phob uh, phobia. Yeah, pho phobia again, the idea of fear, respect and fear. There is a word for respect. There's two words that are used here, and the word for respect is not the one that's used earlier. That's why I wanted to make sure you saw that. That okay. was the word fear. Respect and fear, and with sincerity of heart. So, so not with false motives, not with uh, insincerity, just as you would obey Christ. Now, again, we don't know exactly the situation with Onesimus and Philemon, but for whatever reason, it we, what we assume is Onesimus was a runaway slave of Philemon. So, Paul, <laughs> here's the thing: I think he's he's in, he he's encountering a difficult situation. Because he not only has to, um, not only does he have to renew proper relationships between Onesimus and Philemon, but he has to do so in a way that's not completely overturning the, the household, right? Mm -hmm. Again, so that smooth um, uh, things can, can take place, smooth transactions can take place. Now, I will say slavery here. Yes, that's... Yeah. What were you going to say about it? Or? Well, I was just going to say, like, I think we need to talk about yeah, that. Like, what, what does that mean in this it's context? Not, you know, the, the the lifelong servitude that you had with slavery in the early history of the United States and you've had in some other countries, still to this day have in some countries, the idea of lifelong, complete slavery um, is not what's in, in, in mind here. Slave often had to do with paying a debt. It was for a temporary time. Uh, one difference is just because you were a slave didn't mean that your children were made slaves necessarily. Uh, slavery could happen as a result of defeat of an enemy as well in war. But but you know, let's talk about it in, in, a, in a very common way. Often it was the idea of paying off a debt. So you were you were a, a slave in that sense. What happened in the oral history of this this country where uh, people were considered less than human is is not biblical mm -hmm. i mean that there's there's no place in christianity for that that view that any human being is less than um a person bearing the image of god right has no place in a christian worldview just point that. blank point blank secondly that that they were considered property of another in other words there was there was complete and total uh, ownership and families you know um so children born of a slave were considered slaves would none of this would have been within the context of the roman empire of the, the of the first century that wasn't the way it worked so yeah what happened in the early history of this of this country where there was enslavement that took place through trapping human beings mm -hmm. uh, they were sold for profit uh, you know, they were used and misused and beaten and, and all of that is not what we're having in mind. It's not now, the context we have here. That having been said, being a slave in the first century wasn't an ideal situation. And and there were people who ran away from slavery, who who uh, wanted a, a different situation. You you didn't have ultimate freedom, right? Mm -hmm. That's that the word slave is the opposite of free, you had a, you free had a person. Debt, debt to pay. You had a debt to pay. Uh, and, and so so you know, it's a different kind of thing than we may think of as slavery. So we have to be careful, again, and sensitive, sensitive to those contexts. But again, it's, you know, it's the word that's used. And that's, I think, mm -hmm. that's the best way to express it. But, but you're called to obey your masters. And, and, and um, you know, 
again, the primary purpose I think Paul is going here is is in the same way that you obey Christ, right? It, it, it's an example of your, your um, in the same way you would serve Christ, you serve your master in a, in a faithful way. He goes on, obey them not just to win their favor when their eyes on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. So it has to do with the way that we do everything. And, you know, Paul says elsewhere, everything you say and do, do it, you know, in, in, this, in this way. And so, so you know, it have to do in our context, we might think about our workplace, we might think about uh, our community service, those, those kind of things, all of those you know, we do them not just as a favor for one another. Um, you know, Jesus says um, that even pagans treat their friends well in expect expectation of getting something back, mm-hmm. right? But we're called to um, be willing to to serve another simply because it is an example of of you know our service to Christ the way that we would we would serve him and so serve wholeheartedly as if you're serving the lord not people because you know that the lord will reward each one for whatever good they do whether they are slave or free so in the context of again sending this letter along in my opinion with Onesimus with Tychicus in order to go to Colossae and and return him to his master in order to return right relationships Paul is is saying basically he's not upsetting the status quo but he's reinterpreting it within the context of Christianity to say that we um uh, you know serve because we are we are also slaves of Christ and, and then masters in verse go ahead did you have a question about no slaves? no okay. I, that, I'm thinking through something here as you're okay. talking verse 9 then pat, masters treat your slaves in the same way do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven so remember so interesting he's kind of saying you, there's an equality here when you stand in the presence of God mm-hmm. and so you should be careful as a master to treat your slave well uh, you know, there's no favoritism with God. In other words, he's not going to treat the master better than the slave because there's some kind of, you know, hierarchy. Um, but but so masters are called in, in a, again, a very kind of um, unexpected way to treat their their uh, slaves well, I think. Yeah. It, it, just thinking back when we talked about the 1984 edition and the yeah. submit to one another yes. out of Earth or Christ was not put with this but you see in all of these yes. you, you have the dichotomy and there's mutual submission yes you know we each it, have so we each have a role yeah but we we are called within various contexts in order to to be concerned for the good of one another yeah so husband and wives together children and parents together yeah. master and slave yeah. like and and that each one is called to something right. beyond himself. Right. And right. each one, you know, that it's exactly. you know, wives That's to well the husband, said. husbands to the wife. Like it's yeah. and 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 when there is that submission, that mutual submission, then yeah. it's a proper reflection of of, of Christ. Yeah. I like I like exactly what you said. And and here here's what I really you know, the thing you said when you said beyond yourself, because if we think about relationships in selfish terms, hmm. Right, so the both the husband and wife are thinking about how you know what's what what's in I this for me. The child and the, and the parent are thinking about you know the, so the parent treats the child in a way that's best for their interest. You know that, that that's one of the things I I've, I've used to distinguish the difference between abuse and um, correction or, or, or discipline is is discipline is for the good of the child, and, and abuse happens when we become frustrated with with the situation and we're acting selfishly out of our our emotion as a parent you, you mm-hmm. see the difference yeah. there mm-hmm. and, and the same with slaves and masters you know if you if you think of, as a master if you think you're a slave only as a commodity that is going to um you know produce on my behalf <laughs> let's put it in our context if you're a, if you're a employer and you think of your employee only as a human resource which i talk about a term i hate but you know (laughs) this is a resource to be exploited for my purpose paul's reminder is you both are you know stand in the presence of god as equals Mm -hmm. you know whatever context and i think that works in in all contexts but no i like that what you said beyond ourselves so we're thinking about what it means to be a, a community. What you know, as we've talked before, if if we look at what Christ is doing is a, in establishing a new humanity and showing us what it means to be in in relationship with one another, 
as well as in relationship with with God uh, and with ourselves. But this idea of renewing right relationships goes back to to the earlier in Ephesians, you know, the dividing wall of hostility, as we've talked about, made the two one, you know, all, all these th- kind of things. It's not thinking of ourselves as better, but it's thinking about how we can respond to one another in a, in a Christ-like manner. Yeah, and, and I, you know, in our current culture, we often think of submission as removing something from myself, but right. in, in, you know, as, yeah. as Paul phrases well it, like you're giving a part of yourself up for some, like something right. that is created, you right. know, like that relationship yeah. of uh, a godly relationship, yep. you know? So it's, it, yes, it, it, you're limiting yourself, but gaining something at the same time. I, I think so. I, well, yeah, I, I think don't know. So. Maybe that's, yeah. And again, I, I, I don't think the purpose is to, is necessarily for it's gain. Right. It, it's for the, the smooth operating of the Christian household, I would say is, is really what, what's being gotten at here. And it's, it's ultimately, but for, isn't that a gain? It's for God's. It's, it's for God's, God's game, but it's like, yeah. I mean, that's a game for us as well. I, I think mean, so. Reflecting it, his it, life. It, yeah, it reflects a way for us to live in an in inappropriate context. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. not necessarily gain in the sense that we we sometimes think about gain. Getting, right. Yes. Getting my selfish. Right. It, not as a men. yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, this is very good. We okay. and it gets spicy. It's good. It uh, shouldn't be spicy. There's a little spiciness there. So well, it's a spicy meatball. <laughs> no, I don't know. Thanks, Mario. Anyway, all right. Well, this was the penultimate, penultimate episode of Ephesians. And next week, we're going to be back with the ultimate, the ultimate, the (laughs) final season series finale. Series finale. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Is it going to be like Lost or is it going to be like St. Elsewhere? (laughs) It's going to be like Lost. All the questions will (laughs) never be answered. What is the black smoke? Um, yes. And maybe it'll be like a Stranger Things two and a half hours long. Mm, no. no. <laughs> it's not going to be that. No, but we hope you join us for that. Yeah. And just a reminder, you can follow us on YouTube at Ryan O'Brien's Bible Bistro. And, uh, you know, send us questions. Yeah. Send us things you want us to talk about. What's We've had your, a, are you out there? Is there are one, you out there? Hello? Anyone out there? Yeah. <laughs> is this mic on? Hot mic? Hot mic? <laughs> anyway, that's an else get. So, yeah, we hope you join us for that. Yeah. And again, reminder that if you'd like to support the bistro you can go to our website and click on support the bistro yeah. at the top it's been good to be here together with you in the bistro yeah see you tuesday see you bye bye